0: To the scriptures. I want you to open up your Bibles of 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. Now, God really um, spoke to me. And you know, I've never I've never preached on this, ever. Right? I've never preached on this before. And, um, but God put it on my heart to do it. And I believe that it's going to be life-changing for those of you that have ears to hear. So I ask you to open up your ears wide. Listen with both ears. You know what I'm saying? In one ear, you're listening to what I'm saying. the other ear, you're listening to what God is saying as a result of this. And um, again, I'm telling you, this will be life-changing for those of you that have ears. And in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1, I'm reading verses 1 through 8, and I'm reading in the Amplified. And it says there, there was a certain man of Ramathium Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim named Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, man, these names are something. The son of <laughs> Zuf and Ephraimite. And, and it said he had two wives. My God, help him. <laughs> 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 Having one is more than enough. <laughs> he had two wives, one named Hannah and the other named Penina and it says, Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. And this man went up from his city each year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. And it says, Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, were priests to the Lord there. And it says, when the, when the day uh, the Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions of the sacrificial meat to Peninnah his wife, and all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. Because he loved Hannah. But the Lord had given her no children. And it says, Hannah's rival provoked her bitterly. My God. To irritate and to embarrass her. Because the Lord had left her childless. Now, you know, in that time, you know, if a woman didn't have, wasn't able to see, it was considered, you know, a shameful thing. You know what I'm saying? So she's being harassed. And and sometimes even around about culture, right? They'll still put you to shame for not having kids, right? And um, you know, but she's being harassed. The Bible says she's being provoked. She's being embarrassed by Penina, and it says so. It happened year after year. Whenever she went up to the Lord to the house of the Lord, Penina provoked her. So she wept and she would not eat. And it says, then Elka and her husband said to her Hannah. Why do you cry? And why do you not eat? Why are you so sad and discontent? And then he says, am I not better to you than 10 sons? That's how we can feel sometimes as husbands, you know. Come on, what's wrong with you? Am I better to you than 10 sons? Man, I'm like, what's what's the matter with you? I'm hot stuff over here. All you need is my love. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but sometimes that's not enough, right? So she's, you know, she's really obviously she's going through, you know, something. She's having no children, and, penine, and 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 it's bad enough she's not having kids, but now this other woman now is provoking her, and she is embarrassing her, right? Not just provoking, but embarrassing. Her, you know. And she has to deal with this. Every time that she sees Panina with her children, she has to think about the fact that she doesn't have any children. And then, and then Panina rubs it in her face. And so I entitled this message, The Fuel That Gets You to Your Next Level of Blessing. Right? So, Like I said, I'm going to take my time. I never preached this before ever but i put here your success or your failure in life will be determined by how you handle provocation jealousy and envy provocation is an action or speech that makes someone angry especially deliberately right so penina is deliberately provoking her she's deliberately embarrassing her probably because she had the love of of you know they both married to the same man and she has his love but, you know, Panina doesn't have it in the same way. She says, that's all right, I got kids, how about you? So now she's provoking her, you know? And I put it here, with that being said, have you ever been provoked by someone? Right? Have you ever been, have you ever even been, and you ain't gotta raise your hands, but have you looked at what someone else had, you know, and kind of been a little jealous, a little envious of what they had and what you don't, you know? See, it's how you handle stuff like that that determines where you're going to go in life. I put, has someone ever told you that you, know, you can't do this or you can't do that, right? Or has someone ever told you that you're not smart enough? And I put, if so, you know, how'd that make you feel? See, I think about, you know, I'm, I, I want you to think. See, again, I'm not going to be swinging from the chandeliers. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to run around this place, try to get you happy. I wanna get you to really consider some things today. And I wanna teach you, all right? And I put here, you know, did it stop you or did it fuel you? See, because that's important, right? Because sometimes when, when provocation hits, when people um, you know, make you feel some kind of way, it can stop you. Right? It can stop you from moving forward in life, or it can fuel you. It really depends, right? But but what you allow it to do to you will determine how far you go in life, or if you're not going to go anywhere And I put here, see, I don't know about you, but when someone tells me I can't, I have to figure out a way to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Also, when someone is doing better than me, it also fuels me to do better, right? See, because you can use, see, because people sometimes get jealous or envious, and they just want what somebody has. Or you can just say, you know what? I'm God's child. You know what I'm saying? God has no respect of person. And if he did it for that person, he'll do it for me too. <laughs> so God ain't no respect of person. You know, I got, I have a, a message that I'm gonna preach. And I I'm, I'm, God gave it to me this morning. And I was gonna, I was, I was almost thinking about preaching it today, but I said I'm not gonna do that because I don't want to shortchange it. Because I'm really gonna flesh this out. But this is what God said to me. He said, you don't don't earn blessings from God. You can't, right? You don't earn anything with God. In other words, you can't work and then earn something from God. You know what I'm saying? You can't, right? You're You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Nobody deserves anything. Everything that we get is as a result of what Jesus did. But he said to me. This is what happens. He says, you are, listen to this, you are prepared for his blessings. You don't earn his blessings. You're prepared for it, if you allow yourself to be prepared for it. You are prepared and you are processed for it. You know what I'm saying? So you don't earn it. Well, you know, I was so good, so God bless me because I'm so good. God don't owe you nothing for being good. You know what I'm saying? All of our righteousness comes from comes from, from him. It don't come from what we do. And that's why when people talk about, well, you know, I'm just, I don't, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve. You're right. You're not worthy. You don't deserve it. You're absolutely right. Jesus is worthy. Only him. And and he has, and it's just like he said to me like this. He said, it's like a child, right? Now, Chaz and Soy got a beautiful daughter, right? Now, would you would you take a thousand dollars and just put it into our hand? <laughs> I was watching, you know, I was watching. If you ever remember watching Little Rascals? <laughs> I was watching this one where he was just throwing money out of the window. <laughs> all his money was just throwing it out of the window. Kids don't know what to do with you give them you give them all that money, be like, hey, I want to bless you. Here, you know, and you know, Anna would rather have my snacks than have <laughs> 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 She'd rather go to my office and get my snacks than have a thousand dollars, man. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, she has to grow into that. She has to. It's not that you wouldn't want to give it to her, because I want you to think about it like God, right? It's not that He doesn't want to give you things. It's that if you're not prepared? or process to handle those things, you would do just like Anna would with $1,000. So you think you got to be good enough or you got to do something special or whatever. Now, you got to live right. But living right doesn't earn you anything. You're supposed to live right. It's It's not to earn something from God. It's something you're supposed to do. See, when you were in the world, you were a sinner by nature. And so you sin. But now that we come over to Christ, the Bible says we are now the righteousness of God in Christ. So because we are, he's made us righteous, we are not righteous because of something we did. He made us righteous. And because we are righteous now, we live or are supposed to live a righteous life. It's not to earn anything. So now you're a son or a daughter. So you have an inheritance. But you're not going to give an inheritance to somebody that can't have. That's, that's why an inheritance is, right, there's a certain age limit that they got to hit before they get the inheritance. You just can't give a, a child a million dollars. You, you put it in trust for them so that somebody that's mature can handle that until the child gets old enough to handle it. So that's what happens to us with God, right? He processes us, and he prepares us. Now, if you don't want to be processed or prepared, you'll never get it. In other words, if you decide, I'm gonna stay a child forever. I don't wanna grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. (laughs) And you decide, I ain't growing up. God will never put nothing in your hands like that. (laughs) Because you won't allow yourself to be processed and prepared for it. I mean, I'm telling you, God gave me revelation on this. And I mean, like, I'm riding my car and God's giving this to me. I'm like, man, I should preach this. I'm like, I was like, I said, that's a little taste. But all the stuff that God gave, I'm I'm, I'm telling you, I'm gonna open this thing up. I may do it next week, maybe. But I said all of that to say this. Here is Hannah, right? She's being provoked. Now, what she does with that will determine where she's gonna go next. Right? She could take that provoke, that provocation, she can become jealous, she can become envious, she could become angry and allow that anger to, uh, to, to be released on Penina, right? She could do all, and, and, and then she'll go nowhere. Or she can use it as fuel to get to the next level. So I put here, you know, when you're attacked with provocation or jealousy or envy, you can either get bitter or you can get better. It's up to you, and you have to make the choice. Nobody does that for you. When you're attacked with these feelings, do you let anger, jealousy, and wrath overwhelm you, or do you use it as fuel to get you to your next level of life? I'm going to go somewhere with this. I want you to listen. If you become overwhelmed by these feelings, you're going to get bitter. But if you allow it to fuel you, you'll be able to get better. And I put here, so don't be a crab in a barrel trying to pull others down because they're doing better than you. Right? Be happy for their success. And just tell God, I'm next. Amen. Right? And then do what you need to do to get there. Can you say amen? So we're going to see what Hannah did with this provocation. Again, she could have just you know, got mad at Panana. She could have cussed Panana out. She could have had a fight with her, right? <laughs> Right, she could have did all those things. You know, I mean, I mean Pro-9 is embarrassing her. Not just provoking her, she's embarrassing her. Right? So, I mean, you know, some, with how you deal with things will determine where you go. So let's pick it up in verse 9. And it says, so Hannah got up after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And the Bible says Hannah was greatly distressed, right? Of course, she's going through this. And she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And the Bible says she made a vow saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never touch his head. That's the vow of a Nazarite, by the way. That's what Samson had. Right? He had the vow of a Nazar- Nazarite, never cut his hair. That's why when see his 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 strength wasn't in his hair, it was in his consecration because of the fact that, see, he it, it was a vow that was made. A razor was supposed to never touch his head. So it was symbolic of his consecration to the Lord. And when that was cut off, that's why he lost his strength. Right? So he had a similar vow, right? a razor will never touch his head, right? And it said, now it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth and Hannah was speaking in her heart or in her mind, only her lips were moving and her voice was not heard. So have you ever been like, have you ever like been talking like, but no words are coming out? I mean, you're just crying so bitterly, right? This is what she's doing. She's there. I mean, she's crying out to the Lord. And so when Eli sees this, he thought she was drunk. The lips are moving, ain't nothing coming out. So Eli said to her, "How long will you make yourself drunk? Get rid, get rid of your wine." <laughs> but Hannah answered, "No, my lord, I am no, I am not. I am a woman with a despairing spirit. I have not drinking uh, wine or any intoxicating drink. But I have poured out my soul before the Lord." And she says, "Do not regard your maidservant as a wicked or worthless person or woman, for I have spoken until now out of my great concern and bitter provocation." Then Eli answered and said, "Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him." Bible says, Hannah said, "Let your maidservant find grace and favor in your sight." So the woman went on her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. See again. Most people would have allowed Panana's provocation to cause them to lash out at her. Most people would have tried to fight her, cuss her out, right? Some people would have allowed it to make them depressed. Some would have been envious and jealous of her. But Hannah used Panana's provocations to fuel her to pray, right? Who's the one that can do anything about the situation? Right? The only person that can change her situation and give her a child is God. So instead of being jealous and envious of Panana's success, she allowed Panana's success to fuel her to pray for her own success. See, stop stop allowing what you see other people have cause you to be depressed or cause you to feel worthless or like you're nothing or nobody or whatever, you know? Use it as fuel. To get you to your next level of success, go to God. At the end of the day, He's the only one that can make changes, major changes like that in your life. She uses it to fuel her to pray for her own success. And I put here: there's plenty for everyone. You don't need to try to take someone else's success. God will give you your own. So stop being jealous and jealous and envious over what someone else has had. You know, if God. If you get into God's presence, he'll give you your own. So that, that's, that's one of the keys, right? She doesn't, she doesn't allow this provocation, her embarrassment, her feelings of jealousy and envy. She doesn't allow that to stop her. She allows it to fuel her. And then she gets into prayer. And I want you to see another thing, too. She makes God a vow. That's important, because we'll check that out later. But she makes God a vow. She says, if you give me a son, right, if you remove my disgrace, essentially what she was saying, I need you to remove my disgrace. The amazing thing was having a child wasn't even as important to her as the disgrace she was. If you remove my disgrace, I'll give him. You know, I'll give him back to you. you give him to me, I'll give him back to you. A razor will never touch his head. She makes a vow. Before God. You getting something out of this? Oh, yeah. God's looking at me like I'm strange or something up here. All right. You all right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's continue to read a little bit. First Samuel chapter one, verses 19 to 20. So it says the family got up early the next morning, worshiped before the Lord and returned to their home in Ramah. And the Bible says Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her prayer. It came about in due time after Hannah had conceived, that she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked him I love that. Isn't that beautiful? See, if you don't allow provocation to make you jealous or envious or cause you to stop in your tracks, but you get into the presence of God, he'll give you your own success. She sees God, she gets into the presence of God, the only one that can change her life and turn things around for her. She prays and God remembers her and answers her prayer. In James chapter four, verses one through two, it says, what leads to unending quarrels and conflicts among you? Listen to this. Do they not come from your desires that wage war in your bodily members fighting for control over you? And it says, you are jealous. And you covet, or you desire what belongs to someone else. You're envious, and he says, and your lust goes unfulfilled. So you murder. Now, that's extreme, right? But Jesus considers when you hate someone, murder, equivalent to murder. So if you're hating, if you if you hate somebody, Jesus considers you a murderer. You're envious and cannot obtain the the object of your envy. So you fight in battle. Listen to this. You do not have because you do not ask it of God. You're going through all that. You're envious. You're jealous. You're hating people. You're envious. You want what they have. You want to get it. But he says, but you don't have because you don't ask. (laughs) You're going through all of that. (laughs) You want to fight people? curse people out, get mad because they got what you don't have, but you don't have it because you don't ask for it. You have not because you ask not. So you don't go to the one that can give it to you. you want to try to go about, you know, I want, oh, let me try to bring them down. Let me try to stop them from getting doing better than me. You want to do all of that. You want to be jealous. You want to be mad because they got something you don't. And now you're you're bitter. And he says, yet you don't have because you don't ask. I'm just reading the scriptures, man. I'm not even really. I'm just reading the Bible, right? And again, because Hannah didn't allow jealousy and envy to make her bitter, and she cried out to the Lord, the Lord remembered her prayer and blessed her with the desires of her heart. And I put many people on have right now because they're wasting their time being bitter over what someone else is at. When God is saying, I'll bless you. Just ask. I love it. Hannah named her child Samuel, which means because I've asked him from the Lord. I asked him from the Lord, and he gave it. See, I I took time to get into the presence of God and asked it from him, and he gave it. And I put, God will give you a Samuel as well. If you'll seek him in prayer for it. Now, remember, I'll take you back to this. It says it came about in due time that she gave birth to a son. See, I want you to understand that just because you ask God for something today, don't mean you'll have it tomorrow. See, I don't want this to be an unrealistic thing, right? Well, I asked him of God two days ago. He didn't give it to me. You know what I'm saying? Like in due time, God gave it to her. He remembered. He gave it to her. So it may take you so you gotta believe God. You gotta have faith. It may take a little time for you to get it, but He'll give you yours. All right, if you're getting something, say, "Pastor, Pastor, I'm getting it. All right, now I love it. Let's skip down to verse 26. 1 Samuel 1:26. This is beautiful. Hannah said, "Oh my Lord, as shu- surely as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood beside you here, praying to the Lord." Now she's talking to, she's talking to Eli now, and she says, "For this child, I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my request, which I asked him. Therefore, I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord." And they worshipped the Lord there. See, she she. In other words, she made good on her promise. She made good on her vow. Her vow was: if you give them to me, I'll give them back to you. And see, that's why when we do when we do things for children. See, we have the water baptism coming up. I'm not baptizing ch- children. We don't baptize kids. We dedicate them to the Lord, right? right? When they're old enough to make a decision that they're going to serve God then we baptize them, right? That's, that's the difference. We don't, we don't sprinkle them. We don't put them in no water. No, we don't do that, right? We dedicate them to the Lord. When you come here, is a baby dedication. I'm giving them back. God, you gave them to me. I'm giving them back to you. One of the ways where we get it from, we dedicate. Amen? Now, skip down. So, so in, in chapter 2, verse 18 through 21, it says, Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a child dressed in a linen ephod. Which was a sacred item of priestly clothing. Moreover, his mother would make him a little robe. Now, so she, she's—I mean, she, he's in the temple serving God. I mean, you know, she, she's back home. He's in the temple because she dedicated him to the Lord. So now he's serving in the temple. He little boy serving in the temple. Now I'm not going to get into Samuel's life, one of the greatest prophets ever. One of the greatest prophets. The Bible says that concerning him. Whatever word he spoke, it didn't hit the ground. If he spoke it, you could take it to the bank. That's how powerful of a prophet he was. I'm not going to get into his life, but it says here, his mother would make him a little robe and would bring it to him each year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, may the Lord give you children by this woman in place of the one she asked for for which she dedicated to the Lord. Then they would return to their home. And the time came when the Lord visited Hannah, so that she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. See, we don't ever look at, look at that, right? We, see, most of us, when, we, when I preach this, we talk about Samuel. We don't focus on his mother. Now here she is, she just believed in God for her son just to take away, you know, so she can no longer be disgraced. Now, because she has honored God and she has made good on her vow, God gives her three five children in place of the one she gave up. I'm gonna say this to some of you. And you know, if it hurts, then it hurts. But some of you have made a vow, made a vow to God. God. You know, say, God, if you do this to me, you do that for me, do the other thing for me. You know, if you give me a job, I'll honor you. You know what I'm saying, or whatever, you know. And you made God a vow, but you reneged. And you wonder why you can't get ahead. See, she made God a vow, but stuck to it. You make God a vow. Stick to it, you know. God, you blessed me with a job. I'm gonna give my offerings. I'm giving back. Some just stop coming. Job said I got to work on Sunday, so so you know I got to do that. You know what I'm saying I'm see I'm not trying to condemn you. Um, what I'm trying to say is when you make God a vow, make good on it. Because God will bless you for making good on that vow. Right. See, sometimes you know He'll give you what you ask for, right? And some people out He give you what you ask for to see what you're gonna do with it. And see, God said to me, I never forget. I was I was looking out, you know, in my house where right? I have these French doors. I open up all of the all of the uh, the, the the curtains, right? It's wide open, like. And across the street there's a lake. So I'm looking at the lake, right, like, God, God, I thank you. said, you know, I feel I'm so blessed. I really i am so grateful, you know. And God told me, he said to me, this is just a taste. He said, this is just a taste. And then he, and then he went on. He says, see, people left me for the taste. They got a yeah. taste of my goodness. And that taste caused them to leave. He said, but this is a, just a little sample. He says, what I have planned for you is so much greater than this. It's just a little bit of something. It's just a taste. And he says, don't leave me for the taste. That's what God said. Don't leave me for the taste. I got so much more. Don't leave God for the taste. God wants to bless you like crazy. But something, like I said, sometimes I'll give you a little taste. What are you going to do with that? Are you done? Because you got a little something from me? You got your little blessing. You're finished now. I'm telling you now, you know. So she makes good. You know, there's something about making a vow before God, as as um as Jacob is leaving his home. Right? He just he deceived his brother, and now his brother talking about killing him. So his mother says, "Go to your, go to my brother's house." And stay there until, you know, his, his wrath cools off. And then we'll send for him. he never seen his mother again, by the way. That was it. That was the last time he saw his mother. So now he's off. He don't have nothing. But the Bible said he had a stick in his hand. That was it. And the clothes on his back. He leaves. He has an experience with God. Because up until that point, he wasn't, he, wasn't his, he wasn't Jacob's God. He was Isaac. He's my father's God. See, every child has to have an experience where your mother or your father's God becomes your God. And that's why we don't baptize children, right? They got to make a decision to get into this thing. So here's Jacob. He has an experience with God. I mean, he meets God for the first time. And he gets up, and he says, he says, God, if you'll be with me in my way, you'll give me food to eat, clothing to wear, You'll you'll take me to where I'm going and bring me back safely? He said, then you'll be my God. And he says, and from everything you'll give me, I'll give 10%. Now, he makes that vow before God. He comes back 20 years later. And now, see, when he left, he had a stick in his hand. Now he comes back with two armies full of people. He has silver. He has gold. He has men servants. He has maid servants. He has cattle. He has, I mean, he's loaded down with blessings as he's returning. God made good on the promise. And then, of course, he had to make good on his vow, honoring God. So it's something about making a vow before the Lord. But when you do make that vow, make sure you can keep it. Don't make it, don't make a promise. It's better for you, the Bible says, to not make the promise than to, to make a promise and then not make good on it. All right. Now, you know, I was recently doing a study on some of the animal sacrifices that were made by the Israelites in the Old Testament. Uh, I was just, I kind of went down a rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah, you study we studied descriptions and just went on a rabbit, rabbit trail, that happens to me often. <laughs> I went on a rabbit trail. And I won't get into all of the offerings. I may preach that one day. But one of those offerings was the peace offering, right? The peace offering was a voluntary offering given to God in three specific instances. The first uh, peace offering could be given as a freewill offering, meaning that the worshiper was giving the peace offering as a way to say thank you for God's unsought generosity, right? It was basically just a way to praise God for his goodness. Right? Offerings, like when you give offerings in church, that's a peace offering oftentimes. You're just saying, God, I thank you for giving me the ability to be able to earn a living. I thank you for that. That's a peace offering. The second way a peace offering was to give thanksgiving for God's deliverance in an hour of dire need. Right? Something went down, and God delivered you from it and you give them a peace offering as a result of it, and say, thank you for getting me out of that mess. I don't know how I would've got out of it without you. That was the second way. The third way, this this is what happened with Hannah. The third way of a peace offering could be given alongside of fulfilling of a vow. And a good example of this was when Hannah fulfilled her vow to God by bringing Samuel to the temple. On that occasion, she also brought a peace offering to express the peace. Listen to this. To express the peace in her heart towards God concerning the sacrifice. It was a way to say, I have no resentment. I'm holding nothing back in the payment of my vow. I don't resent what I'm doing right now. I'm freely giving this to you, and I don't resent having to give this to you. That's why the Bible talks about being a cheerful giver. God don't want your gift if it ain't cheerful. You Just keep it. He don't want a tearful giver. He don't want a fearful giver. He wants a cheerful giver. (laughs) Amen? I want you to be, see, it's supposed to be a pleasure, a privilege to be able to give something to God and say thank you for it. Now, again, because Hannah made good on her vow, which I know had to be difficult. This is her first and only son. You know, it had to be difficult to dedicate him to the service of the Lord. But because she did it, God blessed her with five more children. You see, when you make a vow to God, he'll take you up on your offer. And the key is to make sure that you make good on it. If you do, God will bless you and your sacrifice. Now, You guys ready? Now see, Now, this this is what happens when you allow provocation, anger, bitterness, that that stuff to fuel you to get better and not bitter. Now I got to show you the contrast, right? I got to show you what happens to people when they don't allow provocation to make them better but make them bitter. You guys ready for that? then I'll get ready to close. All right, you guys ready? All right, Esther chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm telling you, you know, sometimes God just kind of, he messes me up with some of this stuff. But you guys ready for this? Esther chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. We're going to read a good amount of scripture here. Now, it says, After these things did Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, and advanced him, and and set his seat above all the princes that were with him so here he is you know he has favor with the king the king promotes him to the highest level in the kingdom he's doing great right and all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed in reverence to Haman for the king had command commanded him concerning him right but Mordecai bowed not nor did him reverence then the king's servants which were in the king's gate said to Mordecai why, why transgressest thou king's commandment and it says now it came to pass when they spoke daily to him and he hearkened not unto them that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand for he had told them that he was a Jew in other words I don't, pay, I don't worship nobody but God I'm not falling down on my knees before nobody <laughs> <laughs> and it says and when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not nor did him reverence Then was Haman full of wrath. See, you can be provoked to wrath. See, that's the next level of anger when you let it sit. And he he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. He said, I don't want to just take Mordecai out. See, he went full mafia on him. I'm not just going to kill him. Family, everybody got to die, right? So he says, "For they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews. There were throughout the a whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai." <laughs> See, I'm not. He didn't want to just kill Mordecai. That wasn't enough. I mean, this guy's so full of wrath that this guy won't bow before him. He's disrespecting me. He's dishonoring. me. Right? So he uses this provocation to drive him to murder. But not just the murder of one person, an entire nation of people. See, I mean, you know, this, 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 you know, if you don't you if, if you don't use provocation right, I mean it can put so much anger on you. Yeah. To where it turns to wrath, and you want to destroy people. In verse eight, it says, Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of all the other people, and they do not observe the king's laws. Therefore, it is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them and to let them stay here. If it pleases the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed. Listen to this. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry out the king's business to put into the king's tree. I mean, he's willing to pay to have these people destroyed. He's talking about, I'm talking about full of wrath. Then the king removed his signet ring from his hand, that is a special ring which was used to seal his letters, and gave it to Haman, the son of Hammedatha the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Here's the first time it's labeled the enemy of the Jews. And the king said to Haman, the silver is given to you and the people also to do with them as you please. He's ready to kill an entire nation of people and he has the authority to do so. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 to 27, it says, be angry, but sin not. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger. See, you can nurture anger. The Bible says anger rests in the bosoms of fools. You can nurture anger, or harboring resentment, or cultivating bitterness. Amazing. Some people, it doesn't matter how good they got it. If they don't, if the devil can use one little thing, like this man not bowing before him. He got the whole kingdom bowing before him. It's one guy. But I mean, he got to take this guy, but not just the guy. All of his people, he got to be taken out I mean, this is really worse than the mafia, man, because the mafia would just kill your family. But I mean, he wants to kill the nation of people. I mean, this guy ready to take everybody out. Amazing. But you think about it, you know. Some people can have everything going for him. This guy has everything going for him. But he doesn't have the one thing he wants, which is Mordecai on his knees. And because he can't get that, he's ready to kill everybody. Now, I'm going to move fast through this because I don't have the time. But I want to show you what happens when you have this stuff happening in your life, when you allow bitterness and envy and jealousy to consume. you. I'll show you one more thing, and then we'll jump into that. Esther 5, verses 9 through 14. Now, he gets blessed again by the king, right? And it says, Haman went away that day joyful and in good spirits. Everything's going my way. Thank you. I'm doing great. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate, refusing to stand up or show fear before him, he was filled with rage towards Mordecai. I mean, having a, everything's going great. He, he sees Mordecai sitting there. Man, he ain't paying him no respect. He gets so angry. And it says, nevertheless, Haman controlled himself and went home. There he, he sent for his friends and his wife. Zeresh. Now he wants to talk about it. Let me going, get all my friends together. I'll tell you about what's going on with him. It says, Then Haman recounted to them the glory of his riches, the large number of his sons, and every instance in which the king had magnified him, and how he had promoted him over the officials and servants of the king. I mean, everything is going for him. Haman also said, Even Queen Esther, let no one but me come to with the king to the banquet she prepared, and tomorrow Also, I'm invited by her together with the king. Man, I mean, just me, the king, and the queen. I mean, how much better can you get it? Yet all of this does not satisfy me. As long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. As good as my life is, I'm second only to the king in the kingdom. I have honor, I have riches. I have a beautiful family. Everything is gone for me. but as long as I see Mordecai sitting down, not paying me no respect, none of this means anything. See, that's how the devil can magnify a little thing in your life. And that's why I'm very careful, you know, as little things start happening. And, and I'm discouraged by them, I'd be like, come on. God has blessed you so much, man. What you worrying about that thing for? It is what it is. Because the devil can just magnify a little thing in your life and make it huge, you know? He says, all of this does not satisfy me. I don't care how good I got it, I'm not satisfied because this Mordecai, this Jew, is sitting in the gate. Then his wife's rash, and all his friends said to him, have gallows 50 cubits high made, and in the morning, ask the king to have Mordecai hanged on it. Then go joyfully to the banquet with the king, and the advice please Haman. So he had gallows made. I'm going somewhere with this. First thing I wanna say about anger, is that anger, it'll cause you, if you allow anger to rest on the inside of you, and you harbor it resentment bitterness and you let it grow on the inside of you the first thing it'll do for you is it'll cause you shame and i'm going to show you right now esther chapter 6 verses 6 to 12 first thing anger will do is cause you shame so now i'll set this tone for you the king is having a, the king is can't sleep right and so the king can't sleep he says bring have the book you know Brought before me, so I can look at the memorable deeds of what, what has happened in the kingdom. So they, 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 nothing but God. They turn the book, and it falls on where Mordecai had told uh, Esther about someone's plan to assassinate. Him. And so, in verse six, so uh, it says. Before that, so he says, "What happened to? The, did we do anything for this guy?" They say, "No." So now he says, who's out in the court? In verse 6, it says, so Haman came in, and the king said to him, what is to be done for the man whom the king desires to honor? And now Haman thought to himself, "Whom would the king desire to honor more than me? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, who else would he want to honor? So Haman said to the king, for the man whom the king desires to honor, let a royal robe be brought which the king has worn, and the horse on which the king is ridden and whose head a crown, royal crown, has been placed. And let the robe and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials. Let him dress the man whom the king delights to honor and lead him on horseback through the open square of the city and proclaim before him, this is what shall be done for the man whom the king desires to honor. Right? He's thinking about he's going to have all this done for him. Then the king said to Haman, quickly, take the royal robe and the horse, as you have said, and do it for Mordecai the Jew. (laughs) Who is sitting at the king's gate. Leave out nothing of all that you have said. So Haman took the royal robe and the horse and dressed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the open square of the city, proclaiming before him, this is what shall be done for the man whom the king Desires to honor. <laughs> then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried home to his house, mourning, and with his head covered in sorrow. See so you 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 keep letting anger, and resist, you'll you'll be embarrassed. You'll be put to shame. The second thing is even worse, and then I'll close. Now, after he goes home, he tells all his family everything that happened. He's in shame now. He's feeling horrible. Now he has to go to the banquet with Queen Esther. Now, mind you, (laughs) Queen Esther is ready to reveal who the person is that's been causing the Jews all this trouble. Esther 7, verses 5 through 10, it says, Then King Ahasuerus answered and said unto Queen Esther, Who is he and where is he that presumes in his heart to do so? And Esther said, the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. He's sitting at the table eating. He's having a good time. You know, he's, you know, think everything's okay. It's him. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king arising from the banquet of wine and his wrath went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make a request for his life to Esther, the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine, and Haman was falling upon the bed where Esther was. I mean, this guy's pleading, man. I mean, he's falling out. It says, then, then said the king, will he force or try to rape the queen also before me in my own house? Right. Listen to this. As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbana, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, behold, also the gallows 50 feet high Which Haman made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he prepared for Mordecai. Then was his wrath pacified. My God. So not only did his anger and wrath cause him shame, ultimately the trap that he see, the trap that you set for somebody else. You'll fall into it. The gallows you erect to hang someone else on, you'll hang on. See, that's why you should never wish for somebody's demise. You know, the Bible even talks about when God is dealing with somebody, it says, Don't, don't get happy and gloat over it. He said, Because he'll he'll turn his he'll turn his attention from him to you. When God's dealing with people, man, I just be like, God help them. I don't wanna be, you know, I don't wanna be celebrating over someone else's demise when God is dealing with somebody. Because God will shift his focus. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta be, you know, so you can't allow, see, he allowed his anger, his provocation to fuel his anger. And in his wrath, he sought to kill this man. Take him out, to stop him from being able to, you know, sit in the king's, but not just him, his people. But that's what wrath and anger and bitterness can do to you. You want to take people out. You know what I'm saying? So you got, so we see the two differences. Hannah allowed it to fuel her to pray, to get into the presence of God, and to ask God for what she needed as opposed to allow it to make her become bitter and ready to take Hannah out. I mean, take Panina out. <laughs> and, and maybe her children, because she don't have it. And that's why I said to you, you know, whatever you decide to do when you're provoked will determine what'll happen to you next. If you allow it to fuel you, to get into God's presence and to pray and to ask God for the thing that you're believing him for. You'll wind up getting what you're believing for. And you don't have to try to take the body out. If God blesses somebody, he'll do the same for you. He's no respecter of persons. He loves you just as much as he loves them. You just gotta get yourself in a that's all. Allow God to process you and prepare you for what it is that he wants you to have. And don't allow, see, it says, don't give the devil a place. Haman, gave, through his anger, gave the devil a place. He allowed the devil to enter into his life through the anger and the wrath that he had for this man. And of course, it's the devil that incited him to want to not just kill Mordecai, but kill a whole nation of Israel. Of course, that's always been the devil's plan to take the people of God out. But he opened the door to the devil through his anger. And through His wrath. And so, don't see. Use use provocation, to fuel you to do better, not to want to take people out, not to make you better. But I wanted to share that with you today, and I pray that you, I really pray that you got something out of this, because, you know. I like being around people that are doing better than because they fuel me, you know what I'm saying? They fuel me to be more, to, to pursue. See, when I'm around people that I'm doing better than all the time, you know, there's nothing, you know, I want to bring others up, but then I still need to go up, right? So I need to be around people that are doing better than me so that I can, And you know, I'm, my work is not done. You know what I'm saying? There's more to do, you know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't, you know, if all you hang around is people you're doing better than, you'll be like, I'm okay. Everything's good. I'm doing better than everybody else, so I'm good. But when you're around people that are doing better than you, hopefully, instead of inciting you, instead of making you angry, instead of making you bitter that they are doing better than you, you use it for fuel and say, you know what? There's something I want to opt, I'm ready to go to the next level. Okay, God, help me get to the next, it's time to get to the next level now. It's time for more. It's time to go to it's time to get to that next level. There's more there, there's more that you want from me. And if you use it for that, you'll continue to go further in life. Can you say amen? Amen. We're going to close right here. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord as we get ready to close. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just want to say thank you today for your word. Father, thank you for speaking to each and every one of us. I really I really pray that you granted me the grace to communicate this word in the way that you gave it to me. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name that your people receive this word today as a word in season. And I'm praying, Father, in Jesus' name that they will, if they're ever provoked in life, if they are ever jealous or envious of someone because of their success, I pray that it will not cause them to be bitter, but they will use it as fuel to make them better. I'm praying that they will not become so angry that they are ready to take somebody down, or they stop moving forward life because of the fact that they're just jealous and envious of someone else's success. God, you want all of your sons and daughters to be successful. You are no respective persons. If you did it for someone else, you would do it for each and every one of us. Nobody got a corner on God. We all have an opportunity to prosper and be successful in life so we pray father in the name of Jesus that you will grant us the grace to not allow ourselves to be provoked to a place of anger and wrath and resentment and bitterness but grant us the grace to allow that provocation to fuel us to do better and to seek you in prayer so that you can also give us the desires of our heart. And Father, for it, we just want to say thank you. We bless you. God, we give you all the praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now listen, if you're here today, you're watching online, you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus or you're backslidden and you know you are and you just want to get it right with God, if that's you, I want to pray for you. If you're here you can stand up on your feet if you're watching online you can stand up wherever you are and we're just gonna say this simple prayer each and every one of us we're gonna do it together as a family and I just want you to say Heavenly Father I thank you for your son Jesus I believe in my heart I confess with my mouth that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead to make me right with God now Heavenly Father I accept the sacrifice of your son Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus a praise. Amen. 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 To God be the glory. All right. What we're gonna do right now. You know we're gonna get ready to worship God with ties with offerings as we get ready to close. We're gonna honor the Lord with our ties and with our offerings. You know the Bible says, "Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase." And He says, if you do that, your barns will be filled with plenty, of your presses they'll burst out with new wine. Like I said, some of you made a vow to honor the Lord, honor Him. I don't care. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes it's difficult to do so, but make sure you make good on your word. If you do that, if just make good on your word, God will bless you. He'll make sure that you have it. And then he'll make sure eventually that you have more than enough. Ties and offerings, they're going to envelope you. You're going to write a check. You write it to the love of Jesus. You can give on your debit card. You can use our cash app at cash sign L O J N N. You can use our. Give the fire, love of Jesus of North North, North Arzell at L-O-J North at gmail.com and you can give that way. Again, I'll, I'll mention this to you. We are taking a special offering for our baptismal pool. You know, the last piece is this very expensive tile. This tile, I, I got to get like another seven boxes of it. It's like $1,200, $1,300 more dollars on top of what was already spent on this thing but we don't believe god because i want it to be beautiful and it is really coming really nice so if you can give a special offering towards our baptismal pool i really appreciate it um i believe that god will appreciate it and bless you for it Um, but we have pretty much everything that we we needed to get other than that we got the heater for the water it's going to be a perfect temperature we got the led lights for the pool and we got the jacuzzi I'll show you all of the stuff if you want to. I got it in my office and you want to see it. But it's going to be awesome. I'm telling you. It'll, it, the water's going to be stirred up. It's going to be like the pool of Bethesda. <laughs> and then we just got a couple more things to do, do for with it. And then it's going to be great. Um, also, like I mentioned to you, Food Pantry is this upcoming Saturday. Um, we're ready. We're fully digital now. We're ready to rock. And this Thursday... You know, we have our school of ministry. You know, we've been having Reverend Fred uh, Rodriguez with us from the Love of Jesus and Orange. He's been awesome. He's been doing really, really great. And, um, you know, the first one he taught on was um, he taught on the servant leader. And then this past Thursday, he taught on the principles of promotion. It was fantastic. So you should definitely come out on Thursday nights. Um, You know, we give out... um, index cards so you can write your questions on them you can ask them if you like or you can hand them in and then we can ask them for you if you're not comfortable with doing that but i'm asking everybody i'm gonna mention this now i want when you come here i want every single person here to have a question ready to go because i want to you know everybody should have a question because we're pulling on 30 plus years of experience and we should you should we should have questions for that all right so that's going to be this thursday at 6 p.m Make sure that you come out, all right? You can go ahead. and us worship God with tithes and offerings. Hallelujah. While we're doing that, Minister Latoya, why don't you? Minister Latoya, she just gave me this beautiful, beautiful testimony. I want her to share that because it was like something awesome happened on her job. But she's very diligent and, you know, she works hard, and as a result, God has been blessing her. So come on up here and uh, testify. Come on up here.
1: Hey, family. <laughs> well, one, I want to just give honor to God and, like, just the school of ministry. Like, they were talking about the principles of promotion and, like, you know, how to be humble and just do the work of the Lord and let him shine his light through you and not trying to pump up yourself. So it was it was a one. if y'all could come on Thursdays, it's really, really, really good and it's beneficial. And you see, if you're able to apply those things that we're taught, it doesn't just help you in ministry, but it helps you outside of here, like in your family, your job, school, whatever, you know? So, literally, the next day, like, I came on Thursday, the next day, now, I I do a lot <laughs> of my job. It's a lot, like, but whatever they ask me to do, I'm just like, sure, like, because I'm all just about, you know, what we say, find a need to meet it, find a hurt and heal it, <laughs> find a problem to solve it. So, I'm the type of person, they know I'm the type of person that, y'all, can you help us with this? I'll be like, sure. Like, I don't think, you know, I don't even think about it. You know, and sometimes it would get discouraging, honestly, because it's like, I'm doing all this stuff. You know, no one hardly says thank you. (laughs) You know, I got the same pay rate, you know, and it's like, you know, but I do a lot, like training, everything, you know, I've done, you know, and I've been there for almost over a year. So I'm in my cubicle, you know, I'm just doing my thing. And then one of the guys that trained me when I first got there came to my, he actually scared me a little bit cause I didn't know he was back there. He was like, hey Latoya, I say, like, oh, oh hi. <laughs> hey, and then um, he was like, oh, sorry to scare you. I, I just want to let you know, congratulations. I'm like, congratulations. He's like, yeah, you know, I just saw your name in the newsletter. I said my name in the newsletter. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, you didn't see it. I was like, no <laughs> I've been sitting here so he was like yeah yeah um they they put your name in a newsletter it's one of the top three people I was like what <laughs> so I was like wow 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 like and then I actually took a picture of it if you guys want to see it I will show it to you on my phone <laughs> but basically um, I'm one of the three top performers in New Jersey so I was just like, "Thank you, Jesus." But come here, apply, cause literally, like, this is what happens with Pastor. This is what happened with Reverend Tanya. Like, so when they speak this over you, you receive it, but also apply it to your life. What you learn here, because it's gonna work, and you're gonna pretty soon, all of us gonna be getting promoted, and then all of us gonna be getting. You know, raises and all that. You know what I'm saying? Because it happens to them. And if we're sons and daughters, it's, it's supposed to happen to us too. It's not just for them. It's for us. So position yourself and apply what you learn here. That's all I have to say.
0: And with that is coming raise and promotion in Jesus' name they gonna be putting you in charge of some things that's right and some money with that in jesus mighty name you receive that amen amen so but give god another praise isn't that beautiful top three in new jersey not just the company in new jersey that's amazing right I And mean, then you could bring that up but diligence you know what i'm saying you know you you and with that i'm telling you raise and promotion is coming with that That got you on the radar. Now people are watching. That's exactly right. Stretch forth your hands towards this. Let's bless it as we get ready to go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for everybody that gave to this offering today. Father, bless your people. Open up for them the windows of heaven. Pour them out blessings that they don't have room enough to receive. Shower them with the blessings and with the favor of God. Give them more than enough where there is no lack. And Father, for we thank you, we bless you. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen. Amen, 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 All right. Everybody stand up on your feet. We're going to bless you as we get ready to leave. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming today. I thank all those that have watched online. I'm telling you, I believe this word today was a word in season for many people, and you should should apply it for sure. This is going to, it will determine where you go in life. Hallelujah. Will the Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious and merciful and kind to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his holy peace. In Jesus matchless name. Or anybody say I'm blessed and I can't be cursed. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hold up, we have Anna she has her birthday is is almost here. It is on Valentine's Day. Play this soundtrack. If you see someone in need, where at. If you see someone that's hurt, heal with it at. If you ever see a problem home, solve it with a spack If the father put you through it, trust me, he gon' have some back If you see someone in need, heal him with it. If you see someone that's hurt, heal with it. If you ever see a problem home, solve it with a spack If the father put you through it, trust me, he gon' have some bad fellowship with us at the love of jesus church of north north led by pastors gavin and tanya taylor where our mission is to find a need and meet it find a hurt and heal it find a problem and solve it